welcome back to A Cozy Christmas Podcast. It's the podcast where we celebrate the coziest day of the year. I'm your host, Art, and I have some good news for you. We are now in the Burr months. September has arrived, and after a few hot days, rural Iowa has plunged down to the upper 40s and rain. I know that some more typical fall weather is on the horizon, so I'm looking forward to watching the leaves change and the cornfields turn golden brown. On a personal note, I have had a pumpkin spice latte, first of the year, and I found some creamer also at the store, so I'm set and I'm ready for fall. I've got to admit, when I went into a coffee shop, there's, there's one about 30 minutes from where I live, and I went in and asked for a uh, pumpkin spice latte. I swear the barista working there, she, she smirked at me. I'm not kidding. And I don't know if I fit the demographic for pumpkin spice lattes, but hey, I like what I like. I want to share uh, just some th- Christmassy things I've been enjoying. You know, I'm not a musician. I don't know a lot about music, but I know I love music. And I couldn't even tell you what kind of music I like. I just, I know it when I hear it. And so consequently, I have favorite songs that cross multiple genres I can't even say that there's a category I don't like altogether because, I mean, I would think rap music is probably not my go-to music, but, you know, Hamilton, that's a great musical. And there's a couple of rapish kind of songs that I like. Anyway, uh, my my tastes run broad, although my, my sister says it's because I have no taste, but, you know. All right, so I know that some of you listen to Christmas music all year round and others wait for the more, uh, what some people refer to as seasonally appropriate time. I listen to it mostly in the fall and, and several weeks after Christmas and all, all the way through to Christmas. And, and throughout the year as the mood strikes, uh, well, I might pop on a song or two and listen to that. But my first official day of listening to Christmas music, and I've decided that just now, in fact, that I think my first official day will be September 15th, the day on which this episode drops. Because um, depending on how you count the days to Christmas, today marks 100 days until Christmas. So I thought, I've got so many Christmas songs on my playlist right now, I better get started early. Um, so for me, this is the start day of listening to Christmas music as much as I want. And this is kind of around the time when I really start getting into the Christmas mood more than I usually am throughout the year. Now, I have been listening to Christmas music a bit already. I've been driving my daughter Grace to school. A couple days ago, she asked if she could listen to some Christmas music on the way. I was so proud. She's in choir at her school. They've been practicing some new songs for their winter concert already. And one of the songs is Believe from the Polar Express. And she wanted to hear it on the way to school. And then she wanted to hear it on the way home. And then she wanted to hear it on the way to school again the next day. Anyway, we started listening to some other Christmas songs as well. But then when we get to school and pull into the parking lot, she gets real frantic and says, Dad, turn down the music, turn it off. I don't want anyone else to hear. And of course, the more my daughter protests for me to turn down the Christmas music, the more I turn it up and just completely embarrass her. It's a father's sacred responsibility to embarrass their children, right? So I think she's starting to get to be open to listening to Christmas music earlier but she still has some shame about it. You know what, this is a no shame zone here. You listen to Christmas music whenever you like, and if it's a song that you identify as a Christmas song, then you go for it. 
So I posted in the forums at mymerrychristmas.com the other day, and I asked for people to recommend some new some new to me Christmas music that I could add to my ever-expanding playlist. And boy, did they not disappoint. I have found some new favorites of old classics for sure, and, and some new songs that I hadn't heard of before. And I'll post a link to the forum in the show notes. So if you want to join in on the fun there, you can post there and uh, recommend to me some, some new Christmas songs. Or on any of my social medias, I'd love to hear what your favorites are. And I want to see if I can find some new, uh, some new music this year. One song that I stumbled on is called Christmas is Here, and it's, and I believe it's a cover version sung by the group Anthem Lights. And it has a, a fun, bouncy guitar playing, and, and the vocals are really, are really nice. But I, I love the song. It's just a fun song. And it, it talks about a cold and wintry Christmas. But then also, for those of you in warmer climates, it does also acknowledge that sometimes Christmas is in a, a warmer climate, and they have a verse about that as well. So I think no matter where you are on earth here, this song might, you might enjoy that. And I'll leave a link to the, a video of that song in the show notes as well. I'm going to have a lot of links in the show notes, so make sure you check those out. I also found a, a nice little album called The Christmas EP by Daniela Andrade. And I know I butchered that name and I apologize, but this album has only six songs on it, uh, but they are very relaxing. And again, I'm not a musician. I can't tell you all the technical stuff that she's doing, but this is one of those albums where I listen to it and I know I like this. So I'll put a link to her um, YouTube page as well. I think she's a YouTuber or got started as a YouTuber, but this album is actually seven years old and I had never heard of it before. She has some videos up where she's singing these songs to her, her dog, which is really adorable. And I love that. I love that very much. Um, I highly recommend this album. And again, the links will be in our show notes. So what music do you like? What music are you listening to now? And what gets you in the mood for Christmas? Let me know and, and we'll see if I can get my playlist up to a thousand songs. I think I'm only at about 650 or so right now, but we'll, we'll see what I can do. And now I want to talk about some more ideas and how we can celebrate Christmas during a time when many of our favorite Christmas things are being shut down. First of all, how about a puzzle? Do you like doing Christmas puzzles? I know, I know a lot of people do. And you might think, well, that's not very special. I do that every year. My friend Todd over at Christmas Clatter Podcast is hosting a Christmas puzzle challenge. And I'm going to have him stop by to share a few words about what they're doing over there on, on Christmas Clatter and how you can sign up for this Christmas Puzzle Exchange. Hello, this is Todd from the Christmas Clattered Podcast. One of the great things about Christmas is the busyness of the season, the running around, the decorating, the shopping, the visiting family and friends. But another great thing about Christmas is the chance to unwind, to take a big deep breath and relax away from work and school in everyday life. A great way to rest and relax is to work a puzzle. That's right, a jigsaw puzzle. They've been around for seems like forever, but they're a great way to relax your mind and ease the stress of the holidays. There's nothing better than turning on those classic crooners like Bing and Frank Sinatra, Andy Williams, and being gathered around the kitchen table with your closest friends and your closest family 
working a puzzle together. Well, here at Christmas Clatter, we are putting together a Christmas puzzle exchange. This gives you an opportunity to receive and send a Christmas puzzle to one of our great listeners. If you would like to participate in the Christmas Clatter Christmas Puzzle Exchange, please send an email to christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com. And in the email, please put your name and your address, and please put Christmas Puzzle Exchange in the subject line. Please do this before October 2nd, and together we can all be around our table with our friends and family, working a puzzle together, and making the most of every second of this Christmas season. That email again is christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com. Happy puzzling, and remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day. Thanks, Todd. I've signed up, and I encourage you to do so as well. And as he might have mentioned, be sure not just to send a puzzle, but maybe send a note along, um, something a little special along in the package too, to help us celebrate. This could be the start of a new fun tradition for you. This other idea I have actually was inspired by a listener. Her name is Catherine, and she sent in an email uh, with a a Christmas memory she wanted me to share on, on the podcast. And I really, really appreciate that, Catherine, and I loved the memory you sent. Anyway, she found us searching for a few Christmas-related podcasts, and she stumbled onto ours, and I'm so glad you did, and that you stuck around. So Catherine wrote in to say that I did hear at some point that you'd be interested in receiving some stories from listeners of the show. When we were kids, we would write a script and perform a short play for my parents in our living room on Christmas Eve complete with costumes of whatever we could find around the house. We would stuff pillows in my brother's sweatshirt and have him play Santa, guiding a sleigh of stuffed animals lined in a row in front of his chair. My parents would laugh and beam at our whimsical creativity, and it was a joyful part of our otherwise low-key Christmas Eve together. I will forever cherish those sweet memories with my family, especially as we get older and start to spend less time all in one place. Then she goes on to say, I hope that your family and the listeners of your podcast are all healthy and happy and that we all have a beautiful Christmas this year, no matter what the world looks like when we hit December. Catherine, thank you for sending that in. And I love what you said at the end, that we'll all have a beautiful Christmas no matter what the world looks like. And I think that is exactly right. Her idea, what she did as a kid to put on a play and to put on something for your parents or if you're Zooming with family to have the kids do some kind of special presentation like that. I think that's a great idea and can definitely cause a lot of laughs and a lot of happy memories uh, with your family. So there are, if there are any kids listening, how about it? Are you up to the challenge? Do you want to write a Christmas play for your siblings to put on to perform for your parents? You know, this would be a fun thing to do for your family since it seems like a lot of Christmas events are being canceled. Why not put on your own version of that thing that you can't get to? You know, for instance, I heard that the Radio City Christmas Spectacular has been canceled this year. If, if there's some kind of program like that that you would go to and you're not able to go this year, put on your own at home. Sing songs, get your brothers dressed up as, as the Rockettes. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, make those memories uh, with your family. Put on your own version of the thing that you're missing. And I, I think that has a chance to be something really, really neat. There are some things that I love to do that this year I know I'm probably going to have to, to skip. Uh, and so that's got me thinking too about 
Can I do my own version of those things that I'm going to be missing out? So let me know if you're going to do that and what you're going to try out new this year. And thank you, Catherine, for the memory. I will be sure to get you out a free cozy Christmas sticker as quickly as I can. So now you're probably thinking, wait a minute, free sticker? What, what's that all about? You might want a free sticker. I want a free sticker. I love stickers. The Cozy Christmas Podcast now has stickers available. Um, so I feel like I have officially joined the ranks of many a fine Christmas podcast that has come before me, upon whose shoulders I stand and wave the Christmas flag. All right, I'm being melodramatic again. All right, so between now and October 15th, if you send in to me a Christmas memory, whether it's an email or you do a voice recording of yourself, I'll, put, I'll plug you in. However you get it to me, through mail, carrier pigeon, however, whatever's easiest for you, get me a Christmas memory and I'll send you a, a cozy Christmas sticker. So I want to see how many of these Christmas memories I can collect uh, between now and October 15th. So um, send those to CozyChristmasPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and like I said, it can be uh, email, voicemail, whatever works for you. Um, get that to me and I'll get you a sticker. If, if you send me a memory, you will be entered in uh, for a prize drawing. Now, what is the prize going to be? Uh, I've got a couple of, of handmade gifts I'm thinking of. Uh, one is an ornament uh, that I have hand-painted of, of Scrooge. Um, he's in, it's a silhouette ornament, and I'll have a picture of that posted on my website soon. Welcome to the Cozy Christmas Podcast Poetry Corner. So for today's story time, uh, I'm going to be sharing some Christmas poems I found. One of my favorite expressions of celebration of Christmas is its music. Many of our favorite Christmas carols began as a poem, and then later was set to music. For instance, the, uh, the first one I want to look at is one that is very familiar to us, and that is the poem The Christmas Bells by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. In 1861, the poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow experienced a horrendous tragedy. His wife Fanny died in a fire in their home while he was sleeping in the next room. He was burned um, so badly that he was not even able to attend her funeral. And unfortunately, in the, in the couple of years that follow, his life experienced some even greater hardships. And I found this quote I want to read to you from uh, an online resource that the first Christmas after Fanny's death, Longfellow wrote, quote, How inexpressibly sad are all holidays. A year after the incident, he wrote, I can make no record of these days. Better leave them wrapped in silence. Perhaps someday God will give me peace. Longfellow's journal entry for December 25th, 1862 reads, A Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. Almost a year later, Longfellow received word that his oldest son, Charles, a lieutenant in the Army of the Potomac, had been severely wounded with a bullet passing under his shoulder blades and damaging part of his spine. The Christmas of 1863 was silent in Longfellow's journal. Finally, on Christmas Day of 1864, he wrote the words of the poem, Christmas Bells. The Christmas Bells by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow I heard the bells on Christmas Day Their old, familiar carols play 
and wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of Alt Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So that poem we recognize as I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I think most times we sing that, we don't have those verses in there that talk about the the Civil War. But what a tragic reminder of the heartache that Wadsworth is going through and the country was going through at the time. You know, something I think we can identify with today. And that line really gets me when he says, It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent. You know, that war he's talking about, he said it's breaking up homes. I think that's the reference there in the hearthstones. That's where the home is, and that's where the home would gather around. You know, Dickens would use that a lot, too, to refer to his home. And I think a lot of people at that time would understand that reference, that this earthquake of a war is splitting apart homes and families. And so in despair, he, he gives up almost, although he almost completely gives up. He says, in despair, I bowed my head and there is no peace on earth, I said. You know, for him, he was a a religious man. I know not everyone who listens to this is religious, but this is his, his faith talking. And this is what comforts him during this time of pain, because watch the transition now. He says, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. The bells are reminding him. It's like they they are personified. They come to life. They remind him, no, God is not dead. All all hope is not lost. You know, that's the hope that many find in Christmas, the story of of redemption. I think that meant something to to Longfellow, and that brought him some comfort. And it's it's truly a beautiful song. You know, I don't want to get too political and even too religious, but our, our world is hurting right now. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to look out and see that. I, I think what's important for us is to remember that we still have hope, that there is always hope. And the second poem is by Mary Howitt. So Mary Howitt was born in March of 1799, and she passed in January of 1888. 
So she had a very long and remarkable life. She was an English poet and is the author of the, the famous poem, The Spider and the Fly. She was an incredible woman, a writer and a mother, and she and her husband would write together as well as separately. And all told, they wrote over 180 books. And there is much about her life that is worth exploring and reading about if you don't know who she is. But I'm going to read her poem entitled, Old Christmas. Now he who knows old Christmas, he knows a carl of worth. For he is as good a fellow as any upon earth. He comes warm, cloaked and coated, and buttoned up to the chin. And soon as he comes anigh the door, we open and let him in. And with sprigs of holly and ivy, we make the house look gay, just out of an old regard for him, for it was his ancient way. He must be a rich old fellow, what money he gives away. There is not a lord in England could equal him any day. Good luck unto old Christmas, and long life let us sing, for he doth more good unto the poor than many a crowned king. Uh, th- this was really just a, a neat little poem, uh, and I can't decide if she's personifying Christmas a- as a person or if she's talking about Father Christmas or um, Santa Claus. I thought the ending was interesting, too, that old Christmas does more good for the poor than many a crowned king. Here we get this idea that the things of Christmas are better for us than what we might think. Uh, for instance, in this Christmas dinner story by Dickens. He says a good family Christmas dinner will do more good than any sermon preached by by any of the divines. And here Mary Howitt says that old Christmas will do more for the good for the poor than any crowned king. And that second line, I hope I pronounced that word right, says he knows a carl of worth. That's a word that means peasant. I had to look that up. So we could read it as, Now he who knows old Christmas, he knows a peasant of worth, for he is as good a fellow as any upon the earth. This old Christmas is being personified as a poor man, a peasant man, but yet he's warm, he's cloaked, he's buttoned to the chin, he's going around and handing out, from the looks of it, handing out money, and people are decorating for him. The next poem I want to share is by Anne Bronte. And she is, of course, one of the famous Bronte sisters. There's Emily, who wrote Wuthering Heights. Charlotte Bronte, who wrote Jane Eyre and several other excellent stories. I guess you could call me a Bronte completist. I've read all of their books and overall enjoyed them all. I think my favorite Bronte is Anne. But Anne Bronte wrote only two books in her short life, Agnes Grey and The Tenant of Wildfell Hall. Both books are very good. Uh, She wrote a, a Christmas poem called Music on Christmas Morning. Music on Christmas Morning by Anne Bronte Music I love, but never strain, Could kindle raptures so divine, So grief assuage, so conquer pain, And rouse this pensive heart of mine. As that we hear on Christmas morn, Upon the wintry breezes borne. Though darkness still her empire keep, And hours must pass ere morning break, From troubled dreams or slumbers deep, That music kindly bids us wake. It calls us with an angel's voice To wake and worship and rejoice, 
to greet with joy the glorious morn which angels welcomed long ago when our redeeming Lord was born to bring the light of heaven below, the powers of darkness to dispel and rescue earth from death and hell. While listening to that sacred strain, my raptured spirit soars on high. I seem to hear those songs again resounding through the open sky that kindled such divine delight in those who watched their flocks by night. With them I celebrate his birth. Glory to God in highest heaven, goodwill to men, and peace on earth. To us a Savior King is given. Our God is come to claim his own, and Satan's power is overthrown. A sinless God for sinful men descends to suffer and to bleed. Hell must renounce its empire then. The price is paid. The world is freed. And Satan's self must now confess that Christ has earned a right to bless. Now holy peace may smile from heaven, and heavenly truth from earth shall spring. The captive's galling bonds are riven, for our Redeemer is our King. And he that gave his blood for men will lead us home to God again. And here we get that theme that Christmas is better than any of the standard things that we've had. You know, she says, music I love, but there's never been a strain, a strain of music that could kindle a rapture so divine, that could assuage our grief, that could conquer our pain, that could rouse our pensive hearts as the music that we hear on Christmas morning, upon the wintry breezes born. She's saying that the music that we hear on Christmas morning can work wonders. It's not just music. Perhaps it's what Christmas is about that she finds to be the music. The angels who came to the shepherds, who told them of, of Jesus, you know, all those things resonate with Anne Bronte, and she writes about that and how much hope that gives her. As um, our good, good friend Todd Killian says on his podcast, he encourages us to keep Christmas hope alive every day. And that's what is happening here with, with Anne Bronte. She's keeping Christmas hope alive. I love the way this ends, too. She says that, Now holy peace may smile from heaven, and heavenly truth from earth shall spring. You know, that heavenly truth of, of the Messiah that, that uh, they were waiting for, that the king they were waiting for from earth shall spring, that this hope, will, this hope and this truth will spring from earth. And the captives' galling bonds are riven, which which means that those who are captive, that their bitter bonds will be broken. For our Redeemer is our King. And, and you know, I'm getting a little flavor of Tolkien here um, from The Lord of the Rings, some of his poetry he wrote. Uh, you know, I, I'm getting shades of Aragorn coming in. Some of you um, Tolkien fanatics out there will have to tell me what's going on here and make some comparisons. She says, our Redeemer is our King, and he that gave his blood for men will lead us home to God again. For those of you who are religious, you know, that's that's the hope of the gospel there, that, that the angels brought to the shepherds, that Jesus brought to the world through um, what Christ did for us, we have a home with God. And, you know, that's the Christmas hope for many people. Changing gears a little bit, 
Um, I want to read a poem by Theodore Watts Dunton. He wrote a little poem called Dickens Returns on Christmas Day, and this was written after Dickens had died. Dickens Returns on Christmas Day by Theodore Watts Dunton Dickens is dead beneath that grievous cry. London seemed shivering in the summer heat. Strangers took up the tale like friends that meet. Dickens is dead, said they, and hurried by. Street children stopped their games, they knew not why. But some new night seemed darkening down the street. A girl in rags, staying her wayworn feet, cried, Dickens dead? Will Father Christmas die? City he loved, take courage on the way. He loves thee still in all thy joys and fears. Though he whose smiles made bright thine eyes of gray, whose brave sweet voice uttering thy tongueless years made laughter's bubble through thy sea of tears, is gone, Dickens returns on Christmas Day. Honestly, that poem's kind of a little on the on the silly side, but as a fan of Dickens, I like it because at Christmas time we many of us have the tradition to open. Christmas Carol and read it to our families or to read it for ourselves to watch the mini movie versions. And it's true that in a sense, Dickens does return every Christmas. There's a great line in A Christmas Carol where the narrator s- says, this ghost was standing as as near as I am to you and I am in the spirit at your elbow. Uh, and, and I don't have the exact quote, but you know that passage I'm referring to. Um, I always get a shudder when I read that part. Um, because it's as if the ghost of Dickens is, is there reading along with us and enjoying the story along with us. Okay, now we're getting into something of a mystery. Here's a poem that is possibly by um, Clement Clark Moore. And no, it's not the one that you think. It, it's not a visit from St. Nick. I was looking deep into the inner recesses of the internet where angels fear to tread looking for some Christmas poems by well-known Christmas writers. Um, and I came across one called Old Santa Claus. And it's accredited to Clement Clark Moore, but it was published anonymously, and it was published two years before The Night Before Christmas was published. Old Santa Claus with Much Delight, attributed to Clement Clark Moore. Old Santa Claus with Much Delight, his reindeer drives this frosty night, or chimney tops and tracks of snow to bring his yearly gifts to you. The steady friend of virtuous youth, the friend of duty and of truth. Each Christmas Eve he joys to come where love and peace have made their home. Through many houses he has been in various beds and stockings seen. Some, white as snow and neatly mended, others that seemed for pigs intended. Where'er I found good girls or boys that hated quarrels, strife, and noise, I left an apple or a tart or wooden gun or painted cart. To some I gave a pretty doll, to some a peg top or a ball, no crackers, cannons, squibs, or rockets to blow their eyes up or their pockets. No drums to stun their mother's ear, nor swords to make their sisters fear, but pretty books to store their mind with knowledge of each various kind. But where I found the children naughty, in manners rude, in temper haughty, 
thankless to parents, liars, swearers, boxers, or cheats, or base tail-bearers. I left a long, black, birchen rod, such as the dread command of God, directs a parent's hand to use when virtue's path his sons refuse. Uh, so maybe now you see why this is not as well known as A Night Before Christmas. Because if I'm not mistaken, Santa Claus is bringing a switch to spank the naughty children with. And you know, that reminds me of the the Office episode, Dwight's Christmas, where Dwight is dressed up as Belschnickel, and he goes around asking people if they are impish or admirable. This is really an interesting poem, and the history behind it is kind of murky from what I was able to find out. It, it was published in 1821, and it was done anonymously so. People have said it was Clement Clark Moore's poem, but I can only tell you what Wikipedia told, told me. <laughs> and so the poem, Old Santa Claus with Much Delight, uh, was published in New York in 1821, and it was published in a book called The Children's Friend, a New Year's present to the little ones from five to twelve. Um, so that's a title that really just rolls off your tongue. Back in the 1800s, books were considered uh, or often given as gifts, which that sounds great, but a lot of them were books about morals and, and behaviors and uh, things of that nature. And so that this is a poem talking about Santa or old Santa Claus and how it's important to behave because, and to have a clean room and clean socks and all that, because otherwise you're going to get a switch for Christmas instead of uh, presents. Some interesting things is that here we have, you know, two years before the night before Christmas comes out, we have a Santa character being driven by reindeer, going over chimney tops and coming on Christmas Eve and filling stockings, deciding who's naughty and who's nice and all that. You know, a lot of a lot of things that will later become tradition, and it's possible it's written by the, the same guy. But then as I dug deeper into the story, I found that not everyone believes that Clement Clark Moore wrote A Visit from St. Nick, that maybe another author wrote that and, and Moore took credit for it, or Moore was given credit for it. And, and I'm sure, I know other podcasts have talked about that poem, and I don't honestly remember if that ever came up in those discussions, but I found that really interesting, that there's some mystery behind where this poem actually came from. My theory is that these poems were secretly released by a whistleblower in the North Pole, that there's maybe an elf who wanted to get some of the true facts out about Santa. He released uh, some information about Santa in the form of a poem, and other people took credit for it. I mean, it's possible that that's what we're dealing with here. But uh, I uh, didn't give it too much of a too too big of a deep dive into into the the backstory here. But I like the poem. It's 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 charming. It's sweet, but it ends kind of in a weird, creepy way. So I might have to send this one over to the folks at uh, Weird Christmas Podcast uh, unless they've already covered that one. But the story comes with with some illustrations as well, and and I've read that it was some of the first illustrations of its kind. Uh, in the United States. Anyway, I'll have some of those posted on social media. You can check them out. Um, really beautiful little little drawings. And we've, we have Santa dressed in red. He looks very much like he's in a, in a bishop's outfit, but he is wearing red. He has a more of a blonde colored beard than a, 
and a white beard. Uh, I'll have those posted. You can check them out. Um, they're really quite something. So a little little poem from the 1800s for you to make sure everyone's being admirable and not impish. Otherwise, Belschnickel will come and smack you. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. I want to thank you again, as always, for coming by and celebrating Christmas with us. So again, I I want to remind you that between now and October 15th, get me your Christmas memories, and I'll send you a sticker and enter you into a drawing for a a hand-painted ornament, and all that information will be in the show notes. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what kind of stories you have to share about your favorite Christmases. And so, as we gleefully head into pumpkin spice season, let me remind you to share your story, to always be admirable, to never be impish, and to remember that there is nothing in the world more irresistibly contagious than laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas. Almost a year later, Longfellow received word that his oldest son, Charles, a lieutenant in the Army of the Potomac, 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 the Potomac, 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 a a lieutenant in in the Army of the Potomac, there we go, 